The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all declining right now. We do have the 10-year up 132nd, the yield there 1.84%. S&P 500 index on track toward a two-month low. Gold down 19.20 the ounce to 12.55, a drop of one and a half percent. Crude oil lower, little change down one cent, 48.18 a barrel. That is a drop of less than 0.1 percent. S&P down six, down three tenths of one percent. The Dow down 76, a drop of four tenths of one percent. Nasdaq down 22 points, a drop of 0.5 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you so very much. Now it's time for the ETF report brought to you by Vanek Vectors ETFs. Expect more from your munis. Target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vanek.com slash muni. Vanek, access the opportunities. Now with our ETF report, Catherine Cowdery. Nearly 90 ETFs have launched in the U.S. this year. Almost all of them have been thematic or smart beta funds. Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Eric Baltunas on why there's a focus on thematic ETFs this year. Some thematic ETFs get assets, some have outperformance, and some sort of die on the vine. And that's sort of what we're seeing. And it's just like this, almost like this land rush of people trying everything. Somebody referred to it as a spaghetti bazooka to see what sticks in the wall. Baltunas explains why so many thematic ETFs are being launched and are in the pipeline. The fact is the normal-sounding ETFs, They're all taken, and they're taken by Vanguard, Schwab, and iShares, and they're in a fee war, and no one wants to battle them. That's like getting in between King Kong and Godzilla uh, on a race to zero fees. So no one's touching that side. Of the ETFs that have launched this year, the Spider Gender Diversity ETF has gathered the most assets with $265 million. One that's outperforming, the Pure Funds Video Game Tech ETF. It's gained more than the broader technology select sector Spider Fund since its launch. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Google. Alphabet, the parent company of Google, just announcing that the Chrome operating system will open up to Android app developers this June. Google, of course, hoping that within a couple of months, uh, apps will move to a stable beta release and then finally work on all Chromebooks this fall. All right, you think that's not relevant? Well, let's find out more from Lou Piantadosi. He is vice president and director of growth equity at Eaton Vance. They have about $300 billion under management. He joins us from Boston right now. Lou, thanks very much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Tim. All right, so tell me about Google Alphabet. I mentioned this idea of the convergence between Android and Chrome. Is that important for the future of the Google ecosystem? Well, I, I, I think so. I mean, when you look at the, the segments that Google competes in, you know, these are, these are huge markets, huge opportunities, uh, and Google has displayed 
uh, tremendous leadership in all those areas. Uh, you know, their business is growing quite rapidly, and, uh, you know, I think that they've got uh, one of the best management teams in, in the business as well. Well, in fact, you are among those who say that uh, they are the, uh, well, you said it last year, people, but that Morgan Stanley's Ruth Porat, you know, she came over as the new CFO, et cetera, a while ago. Is is she one of the people you're referring to that and is this higher bearing fruit when you see things like this latest deal. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think I think in in Ruth Porat's case uh that uh, you know, they needed some some fiscal discipline uh so to speak and she has certainly brought that to the table. Um and uh you know, to be more disciplined in the way they spend uh in how they allocate capital uh is is a big part of the story going forward. You know, there's lots of great uh, projects that they're working on, uh, but you can't, uh, you know, you can't throw money away, shareholder money away willy-nilly. It's got to have a purpose and it's got to have a reason. And she's certainly bringing that kind of discipline to the process. Lou, bring some of your discipline to the process of managing the Eaton Vance Growth Fund. The symbol there is E-A-L-C-X. And I note, for example, that you have a very large holding in Facebook. Yes, we do. That's right. I, I think, I, I think one of the things that uh, maybe differentiate us from the crowd uh, is our focus on long-term investing. Uh, you know, it, it seems like people get kind of caught up in the, the day-to-day noise of the markets. And, you know, we've got kind of a trader's mentality in the marketplace where your average holding period uh, you, you know, declines uh, to, to sometimes uh, minutes rather than years. Um, but I think our strategy where we tend to add value is to find these big picture secular trends uh, that can act as a tailwind to growth, uh, you know, for the companies that participate in these these trends. So, again, you mentioned Google, you mentioned Facebook, and, and these are, you know, the, the, the shift in the global advertising market from traditional media to digital is one of the biggest. Uh, secular trends out there right now, and those are the two companies that are the biggest beneficiaries of of that trend. Lou, uh, Apple is a prominent player in your Focus Growth Opportunities Fund and your broader growth fund. Now, a lot of people are questioning growth at Apple. You know, uh, Tim Cook, the CEO, just made that billion-dollar investment in Didi, which is the equivalent of Uber in China. But people consider the iPhone to be more and more uh, a great phone, but just not the got-to-replace-it-every-time-they-come-out-with-a-new-one kind of phone that it used to be. And they're questioning growth at Apple. You still are very positive there. Uh, you know, we look at the company's leadership position, uh, the, the the strong cash generation, and the significant uh, uh, balance sheet that they have. And uh, while we agree that the, the growth in the near term appears limited within uh, the smartphone market, uh, they certainly have a lot of flexibility going forward as to how to drive the next leg of growth going forward. And, and while at the same time, your valuation uh, is extremely attractive. I wonder if you could speak a little bit about Newell Brands. Uh, they're based in Atlanta, and they have a variety of brands that many people may not be uh, familiar with. Uh, for example, they're a leader in writing instruments. Yeah, this is a... This they make an Sharpies. Interesting, an interesting story in that people look at their, uh, their stable of brands and just see a bunch of boring categories, and writing instruments is certainly 
is certainly, you know, one that would appear to be a boring category. But through good management and, and marketing, they've been able to grow that category in excess of, you know, 5, 6, 7 percent, uh, you know, on an annual basis, which is pretty, pretty impressive uh, given that it's, it, it, it is what seemingly a difficult category. They've done that with a lot of their other brands as well, and they've recently made an acquisition of Jardin, company. They just closed on that acquisition last month, uh, and there's quite a bit of synergies, uh, not just from the cost side, but from the revenue side as well, uh, uh, in merging those two businesses together. So that's a name we like quite a bit as well. Amazon, also your high. A lot of people like Amazon, of course. Uh, we were talking to uh, an analyst who, we were actually talking about Walmart, right? And I guess that's what I want to juxtapose for you. You like Amazon, um, this anal- this other analyst, Scott Muchkin, was saying how he thinks they're on their way to becoming a horizontal monopoly. Does that mean you say forget the old retailers, the old brick and mortar? You got to go with the new. Well, again, we get back to secular trends, and Amazon's a name we've owned for almost four years now, uh, and have done quite well uh, with it. But again, uh, online uh, uh, spending uh, online is a percent of total retail. It's still less than 10%, but it's growing at five times the rate uh, of the total retail pie, and Amazon's share within that continues to grow. Uh, so, again, the, we think you know, the, the brick-and-mortar retailers, uh, particularly in general merchandise, are going to be challenged. It doesn't mean there can be there can't be good trading opportunities within those areas, but I think from a long-term perspective, um, you know, it's going to be difficult for them to grow. Whereas Amazon, you can see that growth path continuing uh, well into the future. You know, uh, Lou, I just want to stick with brands for just a, a second because I, I note this is almost like a theme for a lot of your investing ideas. Uh, Vlasic, Pickles, Bird's Eye, uh, as well as Wishbone, Log Cabin, Smart Balance, uh, Snyder, uh, Pretzels. Tell us a little bit about the brands that come under the Pinnacle Foods umbrella. Yeah, you know, what, the, one of the themes that we like to capitalize on is, uh, is undiscovered or undervalued growth opportunities. And, you know, like I said, the perception of those brands, similar to Newell, is that there's not a lot of growth there. But with the right management team, uh, they can extract quite a bit of growth or better growth than most people expect. So, again, that's the play there with, with, with that one in that, uh, you know, these are, these are well-known brands, but to some extent maybe undermanaged. And with the right management, uh, you can extract a lot more value out of them. And, and they've also got a, uh, quite a few, uh, you know, healthy living type brands that, uh, can, can move the needle going forward. And that's a big picture secular trend as well as people want to live and eat healthier, uh, going forward. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Lou Piantadosi is Vice President and Director of Growth Equity at Eaton Vance up in Boston. So we're heading for the close. It's been a big day for Walmart, for Urban Outfitters, and this is a time when we've seen so many retailers under pressure. We'll be looking at all the movers and shakers with our own Dave Wilson. Our stock senator will be back. We'll look at volatility in our VIX report as well. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with my co-host, Pim Fox. We're taking stock on Bloomberg Radio. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.